So I think um, this is a problem for a lot of people because you, you know, you understand directly, if I go for a run, I know the benefit. Or like if I sleep a lot, I know the benefit. You kind of get that benefit immediately. But good nutrition is something that builds up over time. Even if you're like, oh, my desk is right there. I could start working. Go get something to eat. Even if it's just an orange, an apple, a piece of toast, that's going to be better and start your day. And then uh, breakfast is the most important of the meal of the day because it sets the tone for every other meal. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. All right, we are live. So it is Monday night. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Healthy Runner podcast. And it's Monday night, which means we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group, and we are doing our first nutrition topic on the podcast. So have you been struggling to motivate yourself to prioritize your nutrition during this stressful time? Are you wondering how to kind of recreate or structure and reestablish your meal times during your day while working from home. We will be covering these common real-time problems that a lot of us are having and answering your healthy nutrition questions here on the live. My special guest tonight is Julia Worth. Hey, Julia. Hi, Dwayne. Nice to be on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So Julia is a registered dietitian and at Worth Your Wild Nutrition, love the name, in which Julia helps to repair your relationship with food and exercise and fuel for success. So those of you who are jumping here on the live, just type in live into the comment box. And those watching the replay, just type in hashtag team replay. So I know you did catch this training. So Julia and I first met, I remember actually we connected on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually remember yeah. that. And I was like, who is this? Wow, she's local in my area and she's a dietitian. So we connected back in the fall. Yeah, I think and we like actually November. Met, yeah. yeah, we met in person and we had a great conversation. And I knew at some point I was going to get you to do a Monday Night Spark yeah. within our Healthy Runner <laughs> Facebook group. So I'm, I'm really happy that uh, that day has come. And, you know, we're doing this as actually the first nutrition content with the Healthy Runner podcast. And nutrition is such an important part of runner health. And with myself being a physical therapist and always thinking about the body as a whole, nutrition's mm -hmm. always been that thing that you know I refer out. And I, I try to educate myself on nutrition, but I know I'm not the expert in nutrition. So that's why I'm happy to have you on tonight because yeah. I know you're gonna be able to help us out We've actually had 19 episodes where this is episode 19 of the Healthy Runner podcast. And I planned on doing a nutrition episode earlier, 
in kind of the plans. And then with COVID happening, we kind of needed to readjust our plans, just like everyone, everyone did. <laughs> readjust everything yeah. wise. So we got into kind of coping with your children at first. And then we went into like how to social distance run, mindset, motivation, home workouts. We kind of covered all those topics. So if you guys missed any of those topics, go check out episode seven through 15 of the Healthy Runner podcast. And I just realized actually today that it is now available on iHeartRadio as well. Oh, awesome. So you can also get it on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple iTunes, um, wherever you get your podcast. So Julia, let's get started with our dynamic warm up. All right. So tell us who you are, where are you from, and why do you like to run and or, and I think it's an end, why do you yeah. like to work with runners? So I'm a registered dietitian and a writer in New Haven, Connecticut, but I'm actually from Reading, Massachusetts, which is just north of Boston. So transplant to Connecticut. Um, and I love running because it gives you like a stress relief. You get to be outside. Um, I've made so many friends through running and I like working with runners because they're always very passionate and excited and they often, you know, are goal oriented. And I think goals really help you do better um, no matter what you're working towards. Nice. And you've been a runner for quite a while, right? Yeah. I, wow. Um, I've I started some of your stories on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm 25 now and I started running when I was 15. So it's been 10 years. Nice. Yeah. So what is your favorite um, race distance to run nowadays? So I think the half marathon for sure. Um, I, I do like the marathon. I've done a marathon every year for five years now. Um, wow. yeah. And I love it, but it's like, it's like, you know, a lot and it really, the training and the race breaks you down. Um, whereas the half, I feel always so like joyful throughout the whole race, um, which is, you know, something you don't necessarily feel for 26 miles. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I've only done one full marathon, but yeah, kudos to you. That's great that you've done one every year. And then I also noticed that you're also a running coach, aren't you? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. So when did you get that? So just this year I was working towards it. Um, and I kind of got a little disrupted by COVID, um, because the training got rescheduled, but yeah, I'm a USA track and field coach and, awesome. um, it's, it's really fun. I work right now with just a few runners and I love just seeing how, you know, their progression builds. And unlike when you coach a team, um, you can really change workouts to be individual and see so much more success for that person. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think as kind of healthcare providers, you know, it, it's something like I just did my run coaching certification and the things I learned mm -hmm. on there are just because even I'm sure you see it and we'll probably get into this tonight, but you know, the things that you can help someone um, from a nutrition standpoint, or that I'm helping someone from an injury standpoint, a lot of it does relate to the training and it, it is part of the full picture. And yeah. I've always tried to kind of provide that comprehensive, you know, full body approach, you know, mind, body, spirit, you know, physical, mental, yeah. everything, psychological and you know, having that knowledge now on the training side of things, I know will certainly help out my individual, you know, treatments with the runners that I work with. And I'm sure you probably, you know, have the same way as well as yeah. even being able to communicate even a little bit better. Like you being a runner, you've been able to communicate, mm -hmm. but even having now the knowledge in the training, yeah. I think that's super helpful. It's very different. Like 
working with a, with a runner in nutrition than someone who's not a runner, because, you know, they need extra nutrition to cover that amount of exercise and energy expenditure. And I think dietitians who maybe don't have that background in sport or aren't coaches or runners themselves might not realize, you know, how much more energy you really need to cover um, the exercise. Oh my goodness. That's so much, the parallel so much in what I see in terms of like injuries too, when yeah. medical providers aren't <laughs> yeah. runners. And I've had like a ton of conversations this week, actually. And last week, actually on the strength running podcast with Jason Fitzgerald, we got into a great conversation about hamstring injuries and just the old mm-hmm. adage of you get an injury. And a lot of people think rest is the best thing or doctors will still be giving advice. Just go home, rest and ice it, wait for Mm -hmm. the pain to go away and then start running again. And if you've never actually fixed the root cause of why the pain began, then it's not going to go away. And it just keeps going to come right back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And people just get frustrated because they can't run. So yeah, no, that's definitely a a parallel that I see um, between our two professions. So can you tell me why you actually started your business? So I started my business because I wanted to work with um, more individuals and I was working in schools and I was working as, um, you know, I worked with sports teams and I would talk classes and I saw a few one-on-one patients, um, but I didn't get as much one-on-one time. And I, I really love that. And I love seeing the progress an individual can make. And I also wanted to work specifically with eating disorders and athletes because that's, you know, the populations that I love and I'm passionate about. Um, and I thought that, you know, I had the expertise for it. So that's why I sort of decided like a year and a half ago that I should, should do it. Let's talk about nutrition a little bit. And with this crisis going on, you know, hopefully in the state of Connecticut, we are starting to come out of it. Yeah. We're hoping, right? Fingers crossed. Um, but how do we recreate or structure um, our meal times or what we used to have as meal times mm-hmm. in our days when a lot of us still are working from home? Yeah. So this is the question that's come up with almost every single one of my clients is that, you know, we work a lot in nutrition on, on making sure that you eat often and that you have meal times and you have snack times. And it's not just like sporadic throughout the day, um, or long periods without eating. And what we see when someone's home, just like on weekend days is that those long periods without eating tend to extend or there's no actual meal time, and it's just like you're eating the entire day, and there's no structure. So a lot of times um, during this crisis, I've talked to people about okay, what are ways we can you know implement a schedule or a plan so that during your day you know okay, it's it's been two or three hours. Am I hungry? Like check in with yourself. And if if you're not, you don't have to eat, but making sure you have those check in times, whether it's you know, after a weekly noon meeting or daily noon meeting, or whether it's after your run, just making sure that you have a schedule and plan and the whole day isn't up in the air. All right. So you're really talking about kind of planning that out ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not just like, realize we're starving. And then Mm -hmm. we just start like binging everything in our cupboards. (laughs) I think what often happens is like, on the weekends, when we're home, and we've been at work all day, Uh, I mean, work all week, when you're home on the weekend, you think, okay, I can just kind of free for all, have brunch, 
and then maybe forget about it. And then you have a huge dinner and dessert and it all like spills into itself. And that's okay, you know, once or twice a week. But if that's every single day, that can really throw you off, especially if you have an underlying, you know, anxiety or, or issue that might come up um, and spiral into an eating disorder. So just trying to maintain that schedule, essentially. Yeah. So I would tell people, you know, make sure, first of all, have breakfast, like wake up in the morning. And like, even if you're like, oh, my desk is right there, I could start working, go get something to eat. Even if it's just an orange, an apple, a piece of toast, that's going to be better and start your day. And then uh, breakfast is the most important of the meal of the day because it sets the tone for every other meal. So if you have it, you're more likely to have lunch. You're more likely to have snack. You're more likely to have dinner. Whereas if you don't have it, maybe you don't have lunch and then maybe you just sort of eat at like four o'clock and it never stops after that. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have so many questions for you today, but I didn't even mention this before guys, for those that are here on the live, um, type in your questions for Julia, because she's going to be happy to answer them for you, but I'm going to just, I'm going to spark it off here. Um, so I think I've been told before, or I, I was told, or I did think this before, and I feel like a lot of runners probably think this as well. Isn't it better for me to run when I'm fasted in the morning? Because doesn't that mean I'm going to actually like burn more fat stores? Yeah. So that's a really common myth that like, for some reason, I don't know how it got like so popularized, just like don't eat. And then somehow your body will burn fat and that's maybe better. Um, but what actually happens is if you don't eat in the morning, then your body relies on the glycogen that you have stored in your muscles for the first part of your run. And then it actually moves towards breaking down, you know, your muscles and you're not able to work as effectively. You're not able to run as effectively. If you had energy, you know, available in your bloodstream, then your body would be able to run at the pace you're trying to, would be able to push itself harder. So I always tell people like, even if it's just like an energy gel or um, a small snack in the morning, try to get something before you start your run. Yeah. And that's something actually that I didn't realize as a runner until like last year. It's um, huge. People don't know. And, and they don't know that they need to fuel during their run. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure we could probably get into that. But even the before the run aspect, I can't tell you guys how, from my personal experience, how much of a change I saw in my performance level with my runs and how I didn't feel like I hit the wall for like a half marathon at mile 10, I would always hit a wall, mile 10, mile 11, hit a wall, or during my long runs, I would hit that wall. And I would just do something simple like oatmeal, you know, even if I didn't even do a full serving, if, even if I did like half or three quarter serving, just cause I don't like to feel full when I go out for a run. But if I get up early enough, I'll have that like full serving oatmeal and even a banana and it would give me that energy like later yeah. in the race. And I know it's a huge difference. So I feel like there are so many um, runners out there who, who are thinking that. So I just wanted to bring up that question and just tell you all that it's fake news. So. Yeah. <laughs> and for people who like to run like right away in the morning, my biggest piece of advice is like set an alarm for an hour before you want to start running have your granola bar, cliff bar, banana, whatever it is next to your bed, wake up, eat it and go back to sleep. And like, that's what I do. I, I keep like half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich there. I just eat it and go back to bed because I don't want to just be awake for an hour. Um, and I think that helps a lot of people. Nice. Nice. Good tip here. Um, so we do have a question here. 
And I think this is a nice one to kind of set the stage here. Um, so Rachel is asking that she's curious because I think a lot of people have this question as well as to what is the difference between a registered dietitian, a nutritionist, and a health coach? And who do you go to for what? Yeah. So a registered dietitian is the only one of those that's a medical professional. So the registered dietitian went to school for, you know, they got a degree in dietetics or nutrition, and then they did an internship um, and took a board certified exam. So they are registered nationally. And then every state pretty much has licensure or certification. So you prove to the state that like, yes, I got these credentials. I have everything it takes. And then, you know, you're able to practice. A nutritionist is just like the friendly term in terms of like, it's not protected. So, you know, you could call yourself a nutritionist, even if you have no training at all. And that's something that's really hard for dietitians because people often like to say, oh, I'm a nutritionist because they've read a book on nutrition. And um, sometimes they're a registered dietitian and sometimes they're not. So if you don't see that RD or RDN credential, then they don't actually have the expertise. They're not trained um, professionally. And then a health coach is a pretty new sort of credential that's starting up. A lot of insurance companies are actually using them um, to help guide people through, you know, what kinds of professionals they might need to work with or help them actually stay on target with what maybe a physical therapist, a doctor, or a dietitian advises. So they're like, sort of a lower level, but they help you like set those goals. Um, but they don't have specific training necessarily in nutrition. Nice. I thought that was great clarification. Thank you so much for clearing yeah. that up. Yeah. So you, you have also just like I have as a physical therapist, like a license from the state of yes. Connecticut. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. So if you don't see like CD, it's in Connecticut, it's certification. So if you don't see CDN, then the person could not prove to the state that they are a dietitian. Right. So I like to think of it as like, there's a certain level of competency, mm -hmm. right. That, you know, you're getting when you yeah, do go to a yeah. dietitian, not to say that all nutritionists aren't good, right. Oh, there yeah, could be some yeah. phenomenal nutritionists out there. Um, but I think it's all dependent upon that individual person, right. So mm -hmm. it could be hit or miss. And there is that certain level that, you know, baseline competency that a registered dietitian has, you know, this amount of knowledge, they, right. there was a board exam that, you know, this is the area that um, they specialize in and can help you. So and a lot of dietitians are like trying to take back the word nutritionist and right now are calling mm. themselves dietitian nutritionist so that people are more familiar with the term nutritionist and can associate it with the actual credentialed professional. Yeah. And that's interesting too, right? Because of all of, I think there's probably a shift yeah. in, and I'm sure you don't use the phrase of like, you're putting someone on a diet. No, right? yeah, and we like don't use that. dietitian is like, it has I know. That, it's right? Like the, so like, it's the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nutritionist sounds a little bit more wellness based, right? Mm -hmm. it, it seems more like proactive wellness versus like reactive yes, and like, exactly. uh, penalizing someone, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why like a lot of people will see RDN, which means registered dietitian nutritionist. Okay. Okay. Nice. Interesting. All right. So let's get into our second question that I have right. for you is how do we motivate ourselves to prioritize nutrition during the stressful time? And I'm going to give full disclosure. 
this is definitely the last thing that I prioritized yeah. during this <laughs> pandemic. It's really I still, hard. I still worked out three times a week in my house, do my strength. I still ran the same amount. Um, my sleep even got better, but my nutrition is the last thing. It's getting better. It's improving uh, over the last couple of weeks, but mm. it's still not back to where it should be. So how do we prioritize yeah. nutrition? So I think um, this is a problem for a lot of people because you, you know, you understand directly. If I go for a run, I know the benefit or like, if I sleep a lot, I know the benefit. You kind of get that benefit immediately, but good nutrition is something that builds up over time. So we often don't think like, Oh, I ate a like vegetables and meat and, um, starch today. And I feel great. It's like, no, you might've had French fries and candy and felt great too. So it, it's hard because, it builds up over time. So the first thing I like to say to people is, well, what what do you like to feel like? And, and what's a motivator for you? And maybe for runners, it's like, I want to run faster or I want to do better in a speed workout. And it's like, the only way you're going to do that is if you have one enough energy. And so that would be enough carbohydrates. So like potatoes, pasta, corn, um, rice, those things, you have to have enough of those in order to have enough energy to run um, fast, especially, and you have to have enough protein. So meat or beans or peanut butter afterwards in order to repair your muscles. So if you actually, you know, find something, identify something you really care about. So if it's running or if it's, you know, not getting stomach aches or whatever it is, find something you really care about and think about what would having better nutrition allow me to benefit this thing I love. Nice. So just kind of thinking about that end goal, essentially. Yeah, because I think if you're just like, I want to feel good all the time, it's not that motivating, because we all want to feel good all the time. And we still don't always take that great care of ourselves. But for me, like, if I'm in the middle of marathon training, I know, if I don't have, you know, grains at every meal, I'm just not going to have the energy to, to run the workouts I have to do. And if I don't have enough protein, especially within that hour after you run, then I'm going to be really sore the next day. And I don't want to feel that way. So it's, it is a motivator. So that protein helps with recovery, just like sleep would or just like sleep. Yeah. Or those that Stretching. would maybe foam roll or stretch yeah. Yeah. right after their run. So that protein is a important part of that. Okay. Definitely. All right. And so you mentioned some grains. Can you just talk about the difference? Because I feel like a lot of um, folks, even that I work with, when we start talking about, you know, what did they eat before, right. you know, a run, maybe that contributed to why they felt crappy during the run. Um, what's the difference between like grains? You mentioned greens versus something simple, like a simple sugar that mm, one might okay. have. Yeah. So, so those, so simple sugars could be grains. Um, basically what you want to think about in terms of grains are, you know, potatoes, pasta, rice, uh, those are all kind of your core grains. Um, in terms of a simple sugar, the, the less hearty it sort of looks. So if it's a whole grain or if it's, um, a vegetable, which has some sugar in it, it is a carbohydrate. Those are more complex. If you want something simple, like it's going to be a piece of fruit 
or you know a piece of toast or crackers and those things we call simple because you digest them more quickly and those are great for pre-run so if i have you know carrots which do have some you know sugar in them maybe you know before my run i'm not going to feel very good because they're sitting in my stomach for three hours even if i have brown rice you know before a run or whole wheat pasta like it's not going to go through my system very fast and normally we think of that as a good thing because you're like oh it's slowing your digestion and giving you energy in the long term but when we're running we want energy in the short term we want it right then so you want to have like a banana crackers you mentioned oatmeal as long as it's like sort of the simple oats those can be digested really fast and we get the energy right away nice nice thanks thanks for clarifying that yeah. um and if any of those that are here on the live just uh let uh, let me know or let Julia know if you have any questions. So Latoya would like to talk non-gel food type alternatives oh, yeah. during long runs. Um, so review when your long run, when it should be taken, okay. as well as <laughs> just follow up to that is, right. <laughs> uh, plant based only as well. Okay, so. Obviously fuel during a run is very individualized because we all got different stomachs. We all like to feel different amounts of full during a run. So, and a lot of people, you know, the gel doesn't sit well with them. So it's going to be a bit of trial and error because sometimes you'll try something and it's awesome. And other times you'll try it and it doesn't go well. And, you know, that's live and learn. Um, some of my runners who don't like the gels or don't want to have the energy chews, which I think are a good option compared to the gels if you don't like kind of the texture. Um, they honestly use jelly beans or little like tangerine, you know, I don't know what to call them, but the sections of the tangerine or clementine, you know, you can put those in your pocket. Those are great. They're an instant source of sugar. Um, also a good option are like those waffles. If you've ever seen those, if you like something to chew, that's an actual food. They're called, uh, well, I think like Stinger makes them, the waffles or just crackers. Those can be a great option too. And in terms of when and how often, if you're running for more than 90 minutes, I would say you have to be fueling during your run. If it's under 90 minutes, you can normally just fuel before and after and you'll be fine. But if it's over 90 minutes, you want to think you're going to fuel every 30 minutes. So it would be twice during your run if it's a 90 minute run. I, I never actually, the, the regular gels never sat well with me. I did, yeah. I did find Carb Boom is a oh, product yeah, yeah. that seemed to work out pretty well. It's supposed to be all natural. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I use now. It has now. water in it. Yeah. Okay. Which helps you like swallow it better, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's not as like you know you feel like you're gonna choke. Yeah, in the middle of your... <laughs> it doesn't like stick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's in, and it's just like real fruit. So that's what I've been using the last couple of years, which has been helpful. But I think mm -hmm. you you gave a lot of other good suggestions. Um, and I know Marva says that she eats her bagel with peanut butter um, on her runs over eight miles. So that's yeah. been working for her. I know yeah, so some people really run. can just like, like my mom, she just brings an apple. I don't know how she does it, but she just like <laughs> eats an apple mid run. And I'm telling you that would not go well for me, but it works for her. So yeah. And it's Rachel, fine. uh, also uses dates. She was using mm -hmm. that for a little bit, uh, for a little while. So there's to be careful with dates if you have like IBS or something, uh, cause they have a lot of fiber, but 
If okay. you don't have that problem, you'll be set. <laughs> that is good to know <laughs> because I think many of us, if you've been running long enough, there's been a time when you've been running and you've had to and go. And it didn't go well. And it <laughs> and it's well. not good. It is not good. Um, yeah. So now what if, what if someone needs a little bit more help or treatment during this kind of COVID-19 um, basis? What do you recommend for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, during this time have either found that they have a tough relationship with food or are having trouble motivating themselves to eat as we sort of talked about before, or finding that they're eating more than they really feel like they need or, or whatever they actually do need. And uh, I would say reach out. There are people who are able to help you. So find a dietitian like myself or a therapist can be really helpful during this time. I would say you don't want to wait until you're going to see someone in person because um, telehealth is actually very effective for this kind of treatment in terms of seeing a dietitian. The only thing we do in person is, um, you know, weigh you. Other than that, we don't do anything in, like that you need to be physically in person. So I think you can get just as good care via telehealth. Um, I would also say that, you know, if you're, if you have an eating disorder right now and you do need to go to a higher level of care, those are still available. So don't feel like you have to wait for that either. Is there a certain criteria um, or what if someone maybe doesn't know they have an eating disorder or maybe questions what would you recommend in that case or if someone honestly it's it's probably going to be right like a loved one let's say you know you have a loved one you have a close friend and you're noticing what are okay so let's go there how about that Mm -hmm. say you have a friend you have a runner friend Yeah, yeah so that you're you're worried about them what are some like the signs and symptoms or things to watch out for that we might recommend they see someone like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely want to look for, um, like fear or anxiety around food. So if you say, Oh, like, did you have a snack after running? Is it like an easy yes, no answer? Or are they like, don't worry about it. Like, don't ask me. Um, I don't want to talk about food. Is there any sort of anxiety, fear around food? That would be an indicator. There's a problem if they're getting injured. You know, are they frequently having muscle strains? Are they frequently, you know, experiencing pain? Are they getting stress fractures? Those are all signs that they're not getting enough nutrition, enough energy to have their body heal. Uh, Also, if they very suddenly up their amount of exercising or they're exercising multiple times a day and it's not like for a specific training plan and they haven't increased their eating, that's another sign that they're compensating. And so using exercise to, you know, get rid of quote unquote, what they ate. Have you found any good strategies um, or their recommendations on how you approach someone who you were suspecting and were showing some of those behaviors? Yeah. So if you do want more information on this, if you're worried, definitely check out National Eating Disorder Association's website. They have tons and tons of tip sheets. Um, But just the quick version, basically you want to ask someone questions. You don't want to like tell them, I think you have a problem because no one has ever reacted well when someone tells them they think something's wrong with them. You want to maybe ask like, how are you feeling? You know, do you feel like things have changed recently? Are you running a lot? You know, why are you running so much? Like asking some of the things you're concerned about. And then if they're not really answering how you want them to tell them your concerns, because 
often if you're if you care that much about them they probably care about you and so if you're telling them they're concerned they're they might listen more than if you're just like something's wrong before we kind of finish up here i actually had another question that popped in my head being father of a uh, teenage daughter who is now going to be entering high school right i saw and, that yeah. um you know, she's started commenting a little bit around food and, you know, making comments of something that I can't eat this because it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend, because a lot of us here in this group are parents, right. how do you recommend we have those conversations? Yeah. So, so how can I we think, support them and yeah. make sure that, you know, they don't have a negative body um, image or food. Yeah, food. absolutely. Yeah. So often what happens is we draw this dichotomy and we all do it, whether we like want to or not between healthy and unhealthy. And we, especially if we have a positive relationship with food in our body, we don't see anything wrong with saying, oh, vegetables are healthy food. Let's have them. And, and, you know, brownies are not healthy, but we still like them. So we'll have them anyway. But once you start to get concerned about your body, you kind of zero in on, I can only have healthy foods. So anything that a parent or a friend or the internet has grouped into the unhealthy category suddenly becomes off limits. And that's something we really want to avoid. And why I try to impress upon people, don't use the words healthy and healthy. Don't use the word junk food. Don't say good and bad. Say, you know, all foods fit in our, in our diet and they have different roles and you know, brownies make us really happy and they help us celebrate birthdays and they give us energy and that's great. And, you know, carrots give us vitamin A and they help our eyes stay strong and that's great. So there, you know, there's positives about every food. And I would always encourage you to, you know, talk to your daughters or talk to your children about, you know, how do they feel about their body and how do they feel about food sooner than later? Because if you can have that conversation and make sure they understand, you know, you care about them and you just want them to be healthy and strong. And they know that you feel that healthy and strong is not one certain look. It's how you take care of your body. Then you're off to a better start. What if they say, or they don't like their body? Yeah. So then you need to say, okay, well, why do you feel that way? And bring up that conversation. And maybe it's, you know, a a heart to heart about, you know, how do you feel about your body? Maybe you went through this as a kid and, and maybe if it keeps going, if they keep saying things, it's time to see a therapist and, or work with a professional because you don't want that to develop into a, I'm going to change my body. No, this is, this is all great. I didn't even think we were going down this uh, rabbit (laughs) hole. It happens. (laughs) And it's something that I think is important to talk about with runners because there's such a stereotype of like runners are only real runners if they're thin and they look like runners and they're only real runners if they're fast. And that's not true. Like if you run, if you get outside, even if you're kind of walking, like you're a runner and that's totally fine. It doesn't matter what you look like. Exactly. No, you're just echoing what uh, we had Katrina on the show, uh, probably about three weeks ago now. Oh, and, yeah. You know, she was very passionate about that as well. And I know she must be shaking her head right now. Um, <laughs> so I love to hear that. And I even hear that, you know, I, I work with a lot of runners individually on a one on one basis. And yeah, they'll say like, Oh, I'm, I'm really slow. I'm, you know, and they have these negative thoughts about, yeah, yeah, about their performance. And, you know, I always try to tell like, you're getting out there and you're exercising, you're a runner, whether, even if you were a walker, 
right? Yeah. You're, you're being active and yeah. you're doing more for your own general health and well-being, and you're still getting the benefits of exercise. Yeah. So there's I, no like line in a race that's like runner here and non-runner here. It's like you're all runners. <laughs> it's fine. Right. That's so true. That's so true. Okay. So we have one more question that we're going to take um, before we kind of wrap it up into the final stretch here. So Latoya wants to know about uh, carb to protein ratios for recovery. Mm. Okay. So good question. So definitely after you finish your run, you want to really try to make sure you get a protein dense food within 60 minutes. So I know sometimes we like to shower for a while or whatever, clean up. You really want to make sure within an hour you're getting a, a protein dense food. So that would be, you know, cottage cheese, you know, peanut butter, um, any nuts at all, eggs, things like that. And you can have a carb with those for sure. So obviously if you're having yogurt, like a little bit of granola with that is fine. In terms of the ratio, there's no exact ratio, but I would say you want to push for at least like 15 to 20 grams of protein at, at some point within that 90 minutes. Um, and in terms of the carbs, it's just like, how are you feeling? Do you feel hungry? That's what you need to react to for the carbohydrates. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, Latoya, uh, says that she loves that we are all runners and yeah. your race pace. So everyone has their own race pace and see That's Katrina, right. I was reading your mind. I knew you would say that she says exactly what I say. Um, right. so that's great. We were just channeling our inner Katrina, uh, during this interview here. So before we get into our final stretch, I just wanted to remind everyone last week we had Lisa on the show and we talked about the spark fitness program, which is the home strength training for runners. Uh, we just launched our last month that we're doing in June this morning and we switched it up. We have a lot of great exercises. We got a lot of positive feedback. It was a, actually a really difficult workout. So you, this is your last chance. If you want the guidance to kind of go through what you should be doing as a runner to improve the strength, to help prevent injuries down the road, this is our last month that we'll be doing this before gyms open up back in Connecticut. So it's definitely an opportunity. Um, a bunch of people reached out to me and DM'd me last week and, you know, got in the healthy runner Facebook group and was like, well, what do I actually do from an actionable standpoint? Like, if you want that guidance, like we lay it out for you and actually go through the workouts with you, um, on zoom and on Facebook. So, um, that's still available if you want to get in before Wednesday's, uh, workout. So let me know. You could just, either in the comment box on Facebook, comment Spark Fitness, or just text me 203-376-6514, keeping it super simple. Text me Spark Fitness, and we'll get you in the program. Um, you'll get in right at, the, right at the end there before we finish up. And then also, we talked about a virtual race series that Lisa um, from Lift Your Soul and I kind of came up with to help keep us motivated this summer without having spring races, without having summer races. Um, fingers crossed, we will be able to do something in the fall, but we have that Spark Your Soul virtual race series. So check out last episode if you wanna hear the details. Um, but if you wanna get in for the 5K, the 10K or the half marathon, then you can simply comment Spark Your Soul to get more information on the virtual race series. And I will be filling you in on more information next week um, as that comes out 
about the race. So I just wanted to remind everyone since those were kind of deadline dependent uh, coming through. So let's get into our final stretch here, Julia. So right. if you can change one thing about the misconception of running, what would that be? So I sort of said it before, but definitely that um, there is no such thing as like a real runner and a not real runner. Like, I don't want people to think that you have to be fast, you have to be thin, you have to be any sort of way to be a real runner. Like any person who gets outside and moves their feet and at some point they're both off the grounds, like that's a runner. A lot of people that will resonate with them. So just kind of recapping what we talked about here um, today is we really talked about how Julia gave us some actionable strategies on how to create some structure and trying to think about, you know, our weekdays or not the weekends. That's kind of what I took away from that. Yeah, try definitely. to get back in kind of that weekday structure that you have with planning your meal times and having a plan versus skipping things. And then you're just like super hungry and then you start binging everything. Um, we talked about how to motivate, motivate ourselves to kind of prioritize nutrition during the stressful time. My takeaway from that was, you know, think about the important goals that you have. And if it is, you want to run a certain number of miles, you want to run um, a certain distance, you want to improve as a runner, think about the, the food as kind of, like you said, the energy, right. Mm -hmm. That's going to allow you to do that. And if you don't kind of eat, I guess, or prioritize your nutrition needs, then you're not going to have the fuel essentially to be able to perform. Right. Um, and then we talked about, actually, we got into a little bit um, in depth there into certain, um, how, how do we get help, right? So if we need a little more guidance in terms of nutrition, or we need some maybe treatment, or we have a loved one or a friend who is kind of struggling with their um, kind of interpretation, I would say, of food. And then we got into body image as well. And so you provided some great, great insight. And that's what I really love about you know, the podcast that you have, and you can kind of let us know where we can get that is that yeah. you're, I love how you kind of share your story. And you can really tell in the amount of information that you give that it, it's really passionate. And it comes from a place that's true. And I sense that, you know, ever since I started listening to your podcast, and we met that first time, and I, I could tell right away, but I'm sure a lot of the things that you shared with us today, people might have some follow-up questions or they might want to reach out to you. What, what is the best ways um, they can do that? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always send me an email. So my email is worth W E R T H. It's my last name, your while nutrition at gmail.com. So worth your while nutrition, and you can look me up on Instagram. It's at worth your while. Send me a message there. And if you're interested in listening to the podcast that um, Dwayne just mentioned, it's Life with Ed, the podcast. So ED, Life with ED, the podcast. And you can look me up. It's like a little running orange carrot. Um, and yeah, you can listen in there. And what does ED stand for for those the that don't know? Eating disorder. So it's all about your eating disorders and um, disordered eating and all, you know, starts with runners. I'm obviously a runner, as you've heard here. Um, so I have lots of runners on the podcast, but also, you know, where do eating disorders affect people in different parts of their life? Um, so today the, the episode was about autism, which has a lot of different disordered eating um, in, in that disease as well. Nice. So a lot of great, great knowledge, content, 
that Julie is sharing on our podcast. So I would highly recommend you guys check that out. Even if you don't need for yourself, I think there's other people, as I kind of mentioned, like family members, like I want to do everything as possible, like support my daughters, right? And Mm -hmm. so their future, they're in the right place that they need to be. Um, So I think a lot of, you know, your parents out there too, will find a lot of the content um, that Julie is putting out there and she has a really good product. Um, So it's one of the podcasts that I emulate. So um, thank you so much for providing all that for us. So if you guys have found this talk helpful, my Facebook friends who are here on the live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group, of course, I'm going to ask you for a like or a give Julia love because I think she dropped yeah. some great knowledge. Um, it will just help this video be able to reach more people within our group so we can help more runners, help more parents out there, and we can kind of make a difference um, in kind of staying healthy from kind of, I guess, how I think of it today is, you know, maybe our, our, our picture of health kind of expands a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of think about that in a little bit different way. Like I, I'm even thinking about it in a little different way after our chat tonight. Um, so please, guys, if you're listening to this on the podcast, share this episode with a friend who you think needs it or a runner that you know um, that can use some either tips during COVID, um, during this crisis that really needs that nutritional tips and some of the advice that Julia shared. Or obviously, if you know anyone who has some disordered eating, who can benefit from some of the knowledge that you dropped on here. So thank you so much, Julia, for taking the time to educate us on this uh, Monday night. And we got you on uh, the Monday Night Spark, and we have the first official nutrition-based content on the podcast. So thank you for providing that. Awesome. And uh, remember, every Monday night, guys, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule and get your questions answered like many of the folks did tonight. So thank you again, Julie. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Dwayne. All right, guys. So thanks again. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you, and I hope you got a lot of value out of it, and I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said something that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members. I answer questions directly in there and absolutely love hearing the takeaway and wins that you have from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources, and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of my social media accounts at Spark Your Training, where I include lots of free content for all the ideas I talked about in the show. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really appreciate if you headed over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and rated and reviewed it, as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same tools and ideas that you now have. If you have any questions, suggestions, and show ideas, the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast.